back, relax, and strap it down. Now turn it up. Turn it up. Life this way, continually get high Instead of running around like one bird down It's a new day, gotta do it big just to get by Show no respect, can't live that way Welcome to the Strap It Down Podcast It's August 18th This is Suds I got my guy Schwabi Special guest today Kevin Manson, Mansoni What's up my man, welcome to the podcast What's going on? Not too much, guys. Thanks for having me on. Um, just hanging up here in Minnesota. So Manson, you know what? Manson lives up in Minnesota, grew up with us in Parker Ridge. Not a White Sox fan, not a Twins fan living in Minnesota, but diehard Guardians fan. Are you, do you call them the Guardians? What do you call them these days? You know, the we, 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 we do call them the Guardians. Um, you know, <laughs> that is the team name, so that is what we're going to call them. We're going to stay, with, stay with, with it. And, uh, um, you know, over time, we'll all get used to it. Yeah, I think so. It's kind of like the uh, Commanders, right? Although I did like the football team. I, I the think football the, team was so much better. They, they should have stuck with Cleveland. The really team. should have been Cleveland, the baseball team. I would have. I was. I was okay with the more. Cleveland baseball team too. But <laughs> that was, dude, the, ba- the, the Cleveland baseball club. Cleveland Spiders would have been that. fine as well. Yeah. So, so give me the dirt. How did you end up a, a Guardians fan? Um, I think just like growing up in the '90s, um, you know, the Indians had a great run during that time. My mom's side of the family is from the Cleveland area, so as a child, we were going up there. Pretty often, a couple times a year, definitely in the summertime, um, hanging out, going to Jacobs Field, seeing the yeah, Indians Jake. in their prime time up there with, Jake. you know, Lofton, Bell, Manny Ramirez, Tommy. Um, so good times and obviously just kind of kept with it after that bunch of guys came through. But, you know, my grandparents were there um, until they passed away and, um, you know, we've been going up there ever since. So, Yeah, so, you know, unlike, unlike – uh, Mush, who unfortunately couldn't make it today, um, he had a he had a last minute cancellation. He got sick, so I hope he's feeling better. Um, but unlike him, rooting for the Packers for no reason, you actually have good reason to root for the Guardians. <laughs> yeah, we got some. Those are all, we got some family ties for sure. Reasons. I mean, the '90s, the '90s Indians. The fact that that team didn't win a World Series. That's one of like the first baseball games I remember watching on TV. Was the was the Indians Marlins series World Series, right? Yeah, that was '97. Yeah, that's like one of the first, my first like things I can think of now. When you say what's the first baseball game you watch on TV, that thing comes to mind. Dude, that team was so loaded. And uh, the other thing I'll say about the Guardians before we get into it a little bit. So, out of all the World Series, obviously during my lifetime, the team '05, the White Sox, obviously that's my number one, but. The other most passionate World Series that I've been rooting for was 2016 <laughs> Indians Flubs. And when uh, Rajay, Rajay hit that homer in Game 7, I was out of my seat. I was, I was pulling out so hard for the Indians. That was, that was a tough one to sit through. How did you handle that, man? So um, yeah, that was, that was pretty tough. Um, I think, I mean, they had a great year that year, and then um, as... 
the playoffs kind of got near. They lost a bunch of guys, and so they were kind of like an underdog, I think, going into that playoff season. And then um, Kluber just kind of put the team on his back there, and he was you Dude. know starting on short rest. And um, yeah, obviously they got did that. He start that. Did he start that game seven? He did. Kluber? That was his third start of the of the seven game series. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what did he go one four seven? I mean, what yeah. do you expect? Yeah, and Bauer chopped his finger off with the drone and uh, <laughs> oh, oh the drone. I forgot you guys. So what was the rotation? Carrasco, you guys had... Carrasco was already out. Yeah, um, he was hurt. I think Salazar was already out that year. Well, Salazar um, was a beast, dude. I, I mean, I can't even keep track. It's like every you know, it was every um, time you guys trade someone, you you call up a Shane Bieber. It, it was uh, Kluber Bauer. Josh Tomlin, <laughs> we're getting yeah. we're getting starts in the postseason. Um, okay, so it ended up basically being Kluber. Yeah, and, and Bauer couldn't even pitch. I think in the Blue Jays series, I think he had to come out of the game because he was like bleeding all over the ball with his finger. And it was just, yeah, I remember that. I remember just, that. Yeah, now. crazy. The three-one so. lead, oh, devastating. Yeah, but that <laughs> was a good run. It was good, a good run, run for the Guardians. Yeah. So, all right, a little bit about Mansoni, my college roommate freshman year. Had some great times at University of Illinois. Manson, let's let's talk about your college career a little bit. Starting pitcher, dominated throughout high school, scholarship at U of I. Give me a little uh, something about your college career. What were the highlights? Um, college career was, um, I would say in general, uh, decent. Um, had some ups and downs for sure. Um, freshman year, I was kind of just like a midweek starter got some sunday conference games every now and then um towards the end of the year um, so how does it sorry sorry to interrupt yeah. you but how does it work and co- it's like you you have a a conference game during the week and then another game on the weekend typically um during during the midweek games are generally non-conference games um so okay. that'd be like against southern illinois illinois state bradley um yeah, maybe UIC comes down or whatever. Blackburn, Blackburn College in the early in the early goings. If we need to schedule some games, <laughs> your yeah. your first your first start, Blackburn. More local, more local games for sure. Got it, got it. Okay. And then the conference season is um, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Generally, it was four games my freshman year. Then they moved it to three three nine inning games um, the last three years. So um, sophomore year, so I would usually get you know. I was kind of challenging for maybe the the back half of the ro- rotation there on the first first year, and we get a couple game four starts in the conference series every now and then. Um, then sophomore year, I had a great summer, and then um, after a couple of weeks of the regular season um, in the spring sophomore year, I was starting our Friday night games um, that year. And what, was what were you topping out at? Um, that year I was like ninety two. Um, Damn, that's pretty much dude. where I was topping out at. You had to get some scouts out there. It's six seven, pound and ninety two. How was the movement? Yeah, what there might have been. Um, I think the fastball movement was was certainly okay. I never really developed a um, a plus second pitch, if you will. Yeah. So the curveball changeup were just kind of were just kind of show me pitches. Um, but the fastball was kind of where I was, and I could I could place it pretty good. I didn't walk a lot of guys. Um, so, you always had good command. Yeah, I com- feel command like. was, was always, always good. I mean, I mean, little league. I remember facing you. Obviously, we played together <laughs> yeah. in high school, but you never walked out. I mean, that's why you were so solid. You were always in the zone and throwing heat. Yeah, I was. Which is I was be- at, at that level. Yeah, I was kind of. You know what I mean? Bieber esque. Bieber esque. We'll get to that. <laughs> um, I can't so, wait. Yeah. So <laughs> sophomore year, sophomore year was, was pretty good. I was I ended up going eight and two. I think I snuck on the third team All Big Ten team. Dude, um, do you have do you have like a plaque for that? Do you I do, yeah. Some, yeah, yeah. They give you a little awesome. plaque. Um, that's that's awesome. And then we qualified for the Big Ten tournament that year. I had a 
had a complete game against Ohio State. Um, I think my the first game of the tournament, and then we lost the next two, and so we, we got bounced out. But um, you know, hopped on the all tournament team for that appearance, and then junior year I had some broke my foot in the fall, um, had some tendonitis wow. in the sh- in the shoulder. Um, I only pitched about five innings j- junior year, and then um, when I came back senior year. Velocity kind of went down a little bit, hadn't thrown in about a year, um, and it kind of was kind of like our, our long relief guy, got some starts, conference, yeah. you know, kind of like our fourth fourth starter, fifth starter, um, and kind of wrapped up my career that way. So Stoney, um, the analyst for the White Sox, he always says, and Schwabi, I'm sure you notice, notice this as well, but, you know, right away you could tell if uh, the, the pitcher has his stuff or not. As a starter, how often would you say you had your best stuff versus not? And and how long did it take you to know that you didn't have your best stuff on that night? Um, I would say you can tell pretty early. Um, for me, it was just there was a couple of games that still stand out today where I was like, man, like velocity just felt good, arm felt good, like yeah, um, you're just cruising. Pop of the catcher's mitt just felt better. Sometimes that's yeah. just kind of the stadium too, but. Um, and then there's times out there where I'm just like, man, we're just we're just struggling here to, to get the ball by anyone, and um, you know, which is kind of crazy because it's like you know, it's it's kind of like golf, you know, it's like you go out there one day you shoot 83, and the next day you can't hit a fairway to save your life. Yeah, well, right, yeah, exactly. So um, I don't know. They they say you know a pitcher's year is kind of those those between ground starts where there's like you know your five starts where you got everything going on, five starts where you're just a mess, and then kind of how you you yeah. carry yourself for those other medium range starts where maybe you don't have your best stuff, but you're still feeling pretty good. And, um, and for the most part, I would, thought I kept ourselves or our team in the game a lot. Or if I came in towards the end of my time at Illinois, uh, if I came in kind of down runs as a long re- relief man, keeping us in the game and giving us a chance to kind of catch back. So, um, yeah, the, I like a, like a nice Johnny Cueto for the White Sox, always keeping it in the game. Johnny Cueto. <laughs> no, well, so well done, man, Tony. That's awesome. I, I think, you know, th- that's a hell of an accomplishment. Third team All Big Ten. I mean, just think you'll you'll always forever have the fact that you threw a complete game against Ohio State University. The Ohio State University. Yeah, apologies. Right. The Ohio State. I mean, think about that. That's literally like the best collegiate school in the world. Kev, and was, you're out there throwing complete games. Was JB Shuck on that team? Yeah, he was on. He Did was on Ohio State. Was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you K him? Um, he was like a he pitched too. So he was like, uh, uh, I think he was a like a dual player. Big Ten had a couple of those guys. I think. For the White Sox. Kev played a couple against. Uh, I think at least three White Sox greats: JB Shuck, Josh Fegley. Josh Fegley was Indiana. Fegley, he, he was Indiana, Indiana guy. Right? And yeah. and and my personal favorite, the great legendary White Sox Zach Putnam. Zach Putnam, oh, yeah. Put- who was Putnam the original Otani? He was the Otani of the Big Ten. Did he go to Michigan? Yeah, sure did. Putnam, Friday he, he pitcher Putnam was pretty good. Friday pitcher and DH the rest of the time. That dude was. Did a you ever? Um, did you? Did you ever play Indiana State? Who? Indiana State. Uh, yeah. Sycamore. Yes. Sycamore. Omagroso. Remember Omagroso? Yeah. Reliever. He went to Indiana State. That he was a little older than us, so okay. I don't know if you remember playing him. I don't remember him. I know he we was got, a pitcher. played against Gold, Gold, uh, Golden Tate, played the baseball for Notre Dame. We played against him down in Texas. Tate played baseball? Yeah, man. Dude, what an athlete. That guy's um, a freak athlete. Yeah, they had a, I think Pollock, did Pollock play for them too? They don't know. They yeah, Pollock. Guys. Yeah, Pollock's around our age. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Dude, that's that awesome. Means, man. That means he's getting old. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, dude. Not great. Not great for all of us. Anyway, all right. So let, let's get into the recap a little bit. Nice intro, Mansoni. So like we always do, we're going to talk about this last week. And, you know, it pains me <laughs> to go in this recap right now after what happened today. But I, I think overall, I'm going to steal a little bit from the PMA segment. Last week was rough, if you remember. I, I mean, we got to stop recording on Thursday nights, Schwabi, because this has just turned into an absolute disaster. Like I, Thursdays I, are the worst days. I, I think I've said this, said this a few <laughs> weeks ago. I, I, I've not been suicidal. It's like I, I'm suicidal every, every podcast. It's ridiculous. It's, I mean, today it's like every time I check my phone, another three runs for the Astros while I was working. Josh Harrison taking the ninth. It's like, all right, Tony, you know. <laughs> Put me through some more pain, please. But all right, <laughs> back to the recap. Seven games. We went five and two. I mean, it, it, you take a step back, and the last time we talked, Schwab, if if we were last Thursday, and I say we go five and two in the next seven games, how happy are you? You're ecstatic. I mean, right? Like that's if you if you can go five and two against the Tigers, obviously not great competition. Um, but with the Astros on there for a four game set, if you can leave that five and two, you're happy. So yeah. I think, I mean, I think if you, you know, you take a step back, it, it feels worse because the Sox won the first two. Right. And then had a tough one yesterday and then lost in just great fashion today. Um, <laughs> so it feels worse than it really is. I think. Yeah. And I think that's what a sweep does. It, you know, like it, you throw in a couple sweeps and then you split series, you're fine. I mean, as sweeps are so important during the year and it, it's important to sprinkle in a couple sweeps, but I think more importantly, it's in, it's important to avoid sweeps because if you get swept, I mean, that puts you back weeks to make that up. Yeah, you got, you got to handle your business against the bottom of the division at the moment. You know, get those games against the Royals, get those games against Detroit, um, split those games against the Astros, and and your money. So, yeah, um, which they failed to do against the Royals. Which well, that's what kills you because because the Twins just swept the Royals. Yeah, this week and the Indians had swept Detroit the last series they played against them. They split this yeah. past one. But so we're we're all kind of <laughs> Guardians, which is hilarious because the Sox get Detroit for a sweep, the Guardians got Detroit for a sweep. I know that Detroit got them for a couple. Yeah. this past week and then the twins get the royal so it's kind of just like you know this round robin of taking advantage of the the <laughs> the royals and the tigers but i mean it's going to come down to head-to-head right I, I i think we all know that there's a ton of games left between guardians white Sox, ton of games left between guardians and twins ton of games left between twins and white Sox. so i i think it's going to come down to that but just to 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 go back through the recap here, we sweep the Tigers. We didn't really score a lot of runs. We go 2-0, 6-4, 5-3 in those games. I, you know, I felt pretty comfortable watching those. I thought we had some great pitching, some timely hitting. Would like to see some more home runs. I mean, we, Schwabi, we, we keep talking about that. Nobody hits singles like the White Sox. <sighs> we love hitting singles. And then, okay, so we get to Houston. and. These first two games of the series, and maybe this is why it feels so, so demoralizing right now, because those two, those first two games might have been the best two games of the White Sox season, the way that they came back and won. Oh, they're, they're absolutely huge. Like, that's a, 
Now, the one thing I will say, the Sox have played better against better competition this year than they have in the previous two to three years. Like, they've split series, one series against your upper echelon, echelon teams, which they weren't doing previously. Um, so they're much more competitive against those teams. They've struggled more against the Guardians and the Twins than they have previously. Um, but to take two, to take the first two from the Astros was huge. Huge. And Yoan Mankata with the game-winning RBI in both of those games. Yo knows clutch. We saw, we saw it all over Twitter. The guy's numbers, his splits are just the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. He's the year. worst hitter in baseball, I think, when there's <laughs> nobody on. But if you get runners on base and two outs, like the dude is Babe Ruth. So we get into game three against Houston, and at that whole game, I thought we were going to pull it out. We had some trouble with the bases loaded, just more of the same of what we've seen. Bases loaded? Sox trouble? We end up losing 3-2, so that hurts. And then today, I mean, I, I didn't watch the game. I, I was following on my phone, and it was just just the Giolito. What, what, Schwabi, what do you got for me on Giolito, man? It, I Like, <laughs> we, we did the whole Giolito... Schwabi metrics a few weeks ago, and I, I was giving you all the reasons to be excited, and and he and he and he did me a solid, and he pitched well for a few weeks, and uh, he's he's struggled since. He does better against teams he sees less, right? Which I think is is fairly typical. You know, the more you see teams, you see the guard. He sees the Guardians a lot. He sees the Twins a lot, and those teams are getting to the point where they're hitting pretty well. Um, you know, when you're getting guys who've, who haven't seen him a lot, he's doing okay, but those division games, he's really struggling. Yeah. And just gives up an early four runs. Then I think he has three guys on and then Tony goes to, or two guys on Tony goes to Vince and the rest is history from there. I mean, this team's got me to my knees, man. I'm begging for mercy. It's like every week it's the same story. What, if, what, I, I'm like a broken record every time we talk White Sox baseball. But so that's a recap for this week. You know, I got a sour taste in my mouth. Just maybe one Thursday we could get a win and I could get pumped up. And, you know, we did have that emergency podcast when we swept the Giants. I'd like more of that. Um, if, if you want to put a positive spin on today's game, though, guys, you didn't use your bullpen. That The, the guys <laughs> that count. Um, so okay, all be fresh so we're going to get to that. We're going to Because we have a segment of... My guy, Vince. Tony versus Tito. So I'm going to get into that, man, Tony. And you're right. So we, we saved the bullpen a little bit for the Guardians. So we're going to jump into the, the first segment here. Bloop and a bloop. We're talking Guardians baseball. I get a little smile from Mansoni there because... You know, you, when you're trying out Stephen Kwan and Ahmed Rosario, I got to call the, the segment Bloop and a Bloop. So here, here's what we're going to do. We're going we're gonna to compare and contrast here. We're going to do some debating. We're going to start with the rotation. And we're going we're gonna to do a little draft. I'm going to start with, with Mansoni. He's going he's gonna to list out his ace. And he, then we're going to pass it to, you know, me and Schwabi. And we're going to debate on who we'd rather have. And... And who's got the better rotation? So we're gonna start there. What do you got for me, man, Sony? I mean, are we talking <clears throat> the rest of the season, or are we talking in the future? Well, I, I'm gonna say if if you got to line up a playoff series, yeah. All right. Well, obviously for the Guardians, they're trotting out Bieber game one. Oh, right. hold on! I would love to get a part of this. I really just want Manson versus Legs and Shane Bieber. Go. 
Beavers washed. I, I said this three weeks ago, and then Leary took him yard. What more, more do you need to see? I know you did, and Kevin was very angry. I got text that morning. <laughs> I mean, I know. That pot was up for three hours, and I already had Kevin blowing me up. I know Pagone was on here defending the Beebs. Um He was. He was. He that was. was probably the only time you agreed with, with Mush. <laughs> Uh, probably. Was that, how many? T- <laughs> um, I, I don't think he's washed. I think um, he's certainly not, um, you know, 2019-20 Bieber anymore. Um, he's lost a little velocity, although he has up been trending up on that the last couple starts. He's was like 93 That's against Toronto. Um, but yeah, if he can be like 92-93, I think that helps him a lot. Um, but he's for the most of the season, he's been like 90-91. And, um, you know, you do see a little little difference there in his strikeouts and his home runs and that kind of thing. But he doesn't walk a lot of guys. He's still striking out nine per nine. His FIP is still 280. Um, you know, the, the only thing with him is that he's a little prone to the home run ball every now and then. Um, but other than that, you know, you got to beat him. He's going to be around the plate. Uh, he's going to keep you in the game for the most part. So he's he's beat some good teams this year. I think he's beat the Dodgers out in L.A. Um, I want to say he got a win versus the Astros, but I have to go back and look. Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, out of all the guys that were trotting out there, out of out of the five six guys I have to choose from, um, you know, Tito's going going Bieber. Game one, should we get to a playoff series and and have him ready to go? Yeah, so I, here's what I'll say about Bieber. I mean, obviously, me saying wash is is greatly exaggerated, <laughs> but I love saying it, and I love the fact that Larry took him yard because that was just, I mean, the fluky of. Do you love it? That, that got that got Lurie another twenty starts by Tony. Uh, yeah, I know. That's like every time Leary does good, it's actually it hurts us more. But you know, the thing about Bieber, and here's my opinion on it, I'm obviously harder on Bieber than a lot of people. Bieber against the White Sox, he'll dominate us every time because he throws a good slider, he's around the plate. And that's the White Sox worst enemy. Just give me a guy who throws a, a decent slider and doesn't walk anyone. I mean, it, it doesn't matter if you walk anyone or not. We're not the, the White Sox are not going to walk. White Sox and walk. he'll yeah, so he'll dominate it. But you know where I get worried with Bieber, you get a good hitting team that will not chase after those sliders, and Bieber's got to come to him, and that's where I think his velocity hurts him a little bit. Right. Yeah, and but I, we'll I, see. I think I mean, you see that in the, in the playoff games of the last couple of years too. Is when the, when they make the yeah. playoffs and they have to. I mean, they're not going up against the Royals and the Tigers, um, and he's got to go. You know, face he, face Houston or the Yankees, and those guys just wear you out, take pitches, and you know, get you out of the game in five six innings. And um, yeah, he, I mean, he's struggling in the playoffs. I mean, I think we've been in some games. I think we've lost about eight straight playoff games now since nineteen or twenty nineteen. But um, yeah, I mean. The better teams, they just take good at bats. I mean, it's yeah. like the same thing with White Sox pitching. You get you go against the Yankees or the Astros. I mean, you saw it in Game Four with the Astros today. They just, I yeah. mean, they just they eventually get to you because every batter is having a good at bat, and that's what the White Sox cannot do because they make way too many easy outs. They swing swing at way too many bad pitches, and it catches up with you. Yeah, you, I don't know, Schwabi, What do you got on Bieber? Yeah. you're stepping in as i told you man like he's you know he's got some things to say he's not the pitcher he was but he's still doing pretty damn well yeah um you know is he is he an ace of a of a top-notch staff now maybe not but is he a damn good two low end one yeah i think he still is yeah i mean he's solid he's rock solid we got bieber saturday against Who's he going Quato, against? Is it Quato? Quato? That's going to be 
that's going to be a hell of a matchup. It's an easy one for the Sox. Nobody beats Johnny Cueto. <laughs> so, all right. So, R.A. Schwabi, who you got? It's Dylan. Yeah. I mean, it's Dylan. The only the only issue with Dylan, and I will contend this is a, like a, a legitimate issue with Dylan, is that guy gives you five innings way too often. Mm-hmm. That happened recently. He gives you five way too often to be an ace. And that's why, like, again, the stat where he's, you know, he went the most starts or tied the most starts with only one run given up um, is great, but it's also slightly inflated by the fact that the guy's only going five or six. You know, typically your ace is going six, seven, eight, and, you know, he's going eight and he's giving up two. Going eight and giving up two is a better start than going five and giving up one. Yeah, that's what you, I mean, you get a guy like Framber Valdez, right, who just pitched against the White Sox. I think that guy has like 21 or 22 quality starts this year. I, I mean, you could argue that he has more value than a guy like Dylan Cease. I mean, it's kind of like Cueto. I, I, obviously, you get one game to win, right? I'm going Cease over Cueto. But if you're talking like long-term value over a course of a season, you can make an easy argument that Cueto has more value than a guy like Dylan Cease. He doesn't have the shutdown stuff. I think the way di- the way Cueto is, pi- I think that's a hard argument. The way Cueto has pitched this year, I think it's valid. Um, He's saving the I bullpen. Mean, Cueto is significantly has a significantly higher quality start amount, especially considering the fact he started probably right. five to six less games. Yeah. So, all right, round one, Bieber Cease. I, sorry, man. So oh, I, I would say the white side. I do like Cease. I would say the only thing about him that I don't like is that he probably walks a little bit too many guys, and obviously that that goes to he, you know not staying in the game he, as long as you'd like. Does he lead the majors in in walks? He's right? the only pitcher in like the top twenty-five in WAR that you know walks more than three guys a game. Um, he's almost at four. So I mean that, yeah. that that's his thing. I think to take the next step, obviously, is to kind of get those walks down a little bit. Yeah, three point I, I mean, nine a, walks per nine. Yep. That's a that's an awesome point, and it's a hundred percent true because I don't put Cease in the category as a, a Verlander or a Scherzer or a Degrom because of the walks. Yeah, right. But I, I think Cease has that potential, oh, and sure. it's gonna the the one thing that's gonna change that is bringing the walk rate down. That's the that's it. And I think I, I don't know what it is. Maybe he's just got to trust the stuff more, or maybe he just gets a little more command, but. And the stuff is obviously and, there. And to we date, about to date Bieber and Cease tied at three point three and a half or. Wow. Well, I'm gonna give the I'm gonna give the edge to Cease. <laughs> of course you are. <laughs> round one to the White Sox. So let's move to round two. Who do you got, man, Sony? Um, our second, our second in the hole right here is Mc, Tristan McKenzie. Um, oh, he's put together a, a pretty decent year. Doesn't really have the wins and loss record to, to show for it, but he's 8-9, and nine, but with a 3.14. Um, you know, he come, comes and goes a little bit. Um, his FIP is 4.1, so, I mean, he's definitely feasting on the division, but in terms of rolling guys out there, um, you know, he gets rocked by the Twins on occasion and then throws a gem against, you know, the Astros, so. Um, Didn't he shut out the uh, Astros? Yeah, I think he went 8. I don't think he went a complete game, but I think he went maybe 8. Um, this last time out. So he's hit or miss again, a little susceptible to the home run ball, 20 home runs on the year. Um, but that's, you know, peppering the plate with strikes. doesn't walk a lot of guys, uh, you know, 2.3 walks per nine. So out of, out of our options solid, here, he'd be our, he'd be our second guy. Yeah. I think, I think that's right. McKenzie scares me. I think Friday, he's a terrible matchup for the White Sox. We, we've gotten to him a little bit, but that's when he didn't have his control. Yeah. Feel, I feel like he's figured it out a little bit this oh, year. He had one game against him, I think, last year, maybe, 
or two years ago where he couldn't find the plate. He walked a ton of guys from whatever. Yeah, he I think had that's a, part of being young, he though, had right? Ba- he I had mean, a bad stretch. I think it was, was it, it was probably in 21. I think they, I don't know if they sent him down for a little bit, but he was walking tons of guys. I think it was last year. Then he came back up, and I think he had a good end of the season, and then just kind of solidified himself in the rotation for this year. But, yeah, he does go in kind of stretches where, you know, three, four starts, well, he won't he won't find it, and then um, they get him back on track. So Yeah. Well, I hope he doesn't have it tomorrow <laughs> for your sake. <laughs> I should say for our sake. No, Mackenzie's good, man. I think uh, the thing what scares me about Mackenzie is his raw stuff. I think is probably the best on the Guardians. I, I'm curious to get your opinion on that. Um, and if he has it, it's going to be a long night for whoever team he's facing. Yeah, I mean he's our youngest guy. He's 24, so he's got some significant experience already um, up here. But um, yeah, his stuff his stuff's good when when it's on. Um, he kind of throws it a you know, he's like a string bean out there. He's pretty thin. Yeah, Kind of has like a weird, a weird del- delivery as well. And, um, you know, I think there's some deception there. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I said, I have no problems. We're rolling him out, um, especially in like a wild card round as a number two. I think the thing is with, with all yeah. the Indians pitchers is when you start matching them up against the Astros and the, and the Yankees, you know, if you do make the postseason, um, like even with, with Bieber, it's like you roll him out and you're like, Verlander, Trump, and it's just like, uh, yeah, um, yeah, it's tough, know. man. Yeah, exactly for sure. What, what, Schwabi? What do you think on McKenzie? Yeah, he's good. I mean, he, you know, I think he's, he's a, you know, he's a young guy. Uh, he's a, he's a mush favorite, which tells you all yeah. you need to know. Yeah. Um, but McKenzie's been, he's been good, right? I think Kevin mentioned that he was sent down, you know, a year, year ago, maybe I think. Um, and he's had stretches where he looked really good and. Some stretches where he struggled, but he's kind of gotten over that to a little bit. I don't think he's a finished product yet, um, but he's been pretty been pretty solid for the for the Guardians. Yeah, we'll see what happens tomorrow. Mackenzie Lynn Lance has has been pitching better. Um, who's our number two Schwab? It's gotta be Johnny Cueto. The Johnny the, 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 the crafty Johnny righty, the old yeah. man. Isn't that uh, wild to say that right now? That's wild. Like, if if we would have said that last year, this guy wasn't. <laughs> he wasn't on the team last year. You could have said it last year. No, I'm saying, you know, going into this season. I mean, like, it's just it's it's bad that Rick Hahn's best move of the season is uh, a guy he signed a couple weeks into the year. Well, it's it, it kind of like pains me that it was such a good move because Rick Hahn had the worst off season in White Sox history potentially. I mean, salvaged by Johnny Cueto, who's an absolute stud. I'm going to have fun watching that game Saturday. I mean, don't count out Johnny Cueto, man. He just took down uh, Yerkiti. Yerkiti pitched. He, he basically threw a, a shutout until the eighth, until the White Sox rallied. Johnny Cueto, I mean, the ball's on this guy. Man, Sony, you should have seen this game. It was unbelievable. Cueto goes eight, giving up. Two, one earned, and just against the Astros, and and he's calling out the team. He's basically managing the team because Tony's worthless. I mean, the the intangible that he's bringing. Cueto, McKenzie, game two. I mean, I'm biased, but I'm giving it to the White Sox. <laughs> Who do you got, man, Tony? <laughs> um, this that game strikes me as a um probably. If I was a betting person, probably take the under and um, yeah, probably a bullpen game at the end of it. 
um, which yeah, I think as, I, a, I, as a Guardians I, fan, I'm okay with. Yeah, I think what's tough about Cueto is I don't know, you know, going back to the postseason discussion, right? Like, Cueto's a great regular season guy. I don't know how his stuff plays in the postseason. Yeah. That's what makes me nervous. Like, Cease's stuff plays in the postseason, right? But it's a whole different animal. So hey, we'll but, see. But if that's something you got to you gotta worry about, I think you're doing okay. Yeah, very true. Yeah, I mean, let's get there first. All right, number three, who you got? Manson. Oof. So now we get into kind of the the other <laughs> three guys here. Um, uh, I mean, you're, you're, you're looking at Cal Quantrill, Zach Plesak, or Aaron Savale. Um, Savale hasn't put together a, a great year, but he has been okay since he came off the injured list. 10Ks against, I believe it was the Royals the other day. Um, I'm probably leaning a little bit towards Plesak just because... He seems to keep us in the game enough, um, but Quantrill's been pitching better of late. Um, he's kind of been a project they got from San Diego in a trade yeah. a couple years years ago. That? Was that the Cleving? Was that Clevenger deal? Uh, uh, I believe that was in the Clevenger deal. Um, he's got a, a better record, but that doesn't really mean anything to me. Um, I mean, I think either of those guys, you can just kind of roll them out there as play the matchups. I think on the other team and. Um, see if you can exploit something there but um, to me they're all pretty much the same I think right now Quantrill is probably pitching a little bit better and I'd probably put him out there game three unfortunately Schwab who would you take well against the Sox I would throw Plesak because Plesak owns the Sox I so to me I would say that's no brainer Quantrill I think Quantrill is easily the best out of those three I mean Savali maybe last year Savali I know is going through some injury stuff but I mean Plesak maybe two years ago Plesak that guy was nasty, but he's been going through some stuff as well. I mean, Quantrill, I think, is rock solid. But I, it's yeah, tough. I mean, the only downside this... with Quantrill is that he doesn't strike out a lot of guys, like five, yeah, six guys yeah. per nine. And, yeah. um, you know, given all that, he's still pitching pretty well. Um, you know, Savale, well, I think when Savale's healthy, he's he's been probably our third guy um, with Plesak and Quantrill then being our fourth and fifth. Um, we don't have really much after those guys, so um, hopefully by the end of the season, Savali can get in a little groove here and, and be our third guy or at least produce it. Yeah. So, uh, Schwabi, who who's the White Sox three? I mean, I think for the Sox, you gotta go Big Mike. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm in agreement. I think you gotta go there. Um, you know, I think as I as we talked about a couple of weeks ago, like one of my fears with Kopech is that. The K numbers have dropped. Uh, he had the great start two start ago, two starts ago, looked real good. The Ks were up, and then uh, he struggled a little bit. I mean, he, threw, he was perfect, or was he perfect, or just no? He hitter? was. Uh, it was no. It was a no. No, no hitter through six or seven. Six yeah, a lot eight. of White Sox fans were upset about it, but um, I, I think that was the right. I mean, Kopech's not. If he goes the distance, that's. I mean, that'd be awesome if he threw the no hitter, but that's a problem. Schwab, I mean, for Kopech, we're always in. Great start to the season. Do we think the knee is still an issue at some point here, or is? I mean, I I worry about the knee slightly. Um, the fact that he had that big start a couple of start, two starts ago, yeah, ten Ks, um, that gave you hope that maybe it wasn't an issue. Um, you know, the strikeouts were back up, and and it made you have hope. And then he struggled a little bit um, yesterday. Pitched all right, was fine, but you know, wasn't wasn't great. Yeah, just so I think. The, yeah. I think the knee might still be an issue. 
I think it's less of an issue than it was probably three or four starts ago. But when that happened, I, I thought he was. There. I thought he was out for the year. Well, I mean, we all did, but that's happy because we're White Sox fans. <laughs> All right, side note on Kopech, I was listening to uh, ESPN 1000 over the weekend. I forgot who was talking on it. I mean, it was clearly some Cub fan. It's your first problem, ESPN 1000. And I know, I I never do, but it was on because I was listening to the White Sox, and it was just a residual of me waking up, you know, the next day and it being on. Fair. And they legitimately were saying that, and this was before the the no-hitter where Kopech was pulled, but they were saying that, if there was a straight up trade offer from the Flubs to the White Sox, as Flub fans, they would not they would not accept the trade of Justin Steele for Michael Kopech straight up. <laughs> I, I have to laugh because I mean that's the most ridiculous. That's absurd. <laughs> and they said I wouldn't do Justin Steele for Kopech straight up, and I wouldn't do Keegan Thompson for Kopech straight up. I mean they're both absolutely ridiculous. Keegan Thompson's I think way better than Justin Steele. But like, give me a are these guys delusional? That's, and th- that's, that's the rough. only thing that's worse last year is when at the trade deadline, yes, uh, it was the score, I think, and it was Bernstein and Rahimi, and they were talking about. Yeah. Do you remember this? They basically said, "Oh, you know, it would be great if they the White Sox traded Cease back to the Cubs." For Jack Peterson, that was do you remember Jack Peterson was on the on the flubs and he got traded to the Braves. That was a really and they really said bad Bernstein take. and Rahimi said that Cease would not be enough to get Jack Peterson in the. I mean, how are you on? How are you on the radio? With like, I mean, well, at and, that point, don't talk baseball. And that's because I, thing, I mean, like, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Like Bernstein, I think is a fairly smart person. He is, I he absolutely is. love I, Rahimi. I think, I think he was maybe support. I mean, there it was just like. Maybe it was like a a brain cramp, I, dude. That was that's bad. I mean, from from a years control standpoint, from a, a like it's it just makes you sound like you have no idea how baseball works. It was a really really bad offer. Um, and granted, Cease was solid last year, not great, but I think he, I think he went through a little a rough patch right around then, um, which contributed to that, obviously. But that was a really uh, it's a rough it's a rough take. So Kimbrel end up. Being traded for magical, and, and Co- Cody, uh, Cody, don't forget Cody, which was good because I I was never a magical fan. He he reminds me of uh, of you uh, of a guy named Stephen Kwan. He reminds too. you of yourself. Don't lie. Stephen Kwan and his uh, average eighty two mile per hour off the bat exit <laughs> velocity. <laughs> Ozzy will tell you it doesn't matter. You know, man, Sony. You know what I say about the the White Sox and the Guardians. Sometimes you got to look in the mirror. And just say I'm not losing to Stephen Kwan today. I mean, give me a break. Hey, man, this Stephen is, Stephen Kwan is uh, put up a very nice year for the Indians or for the Guardians. <laughs> and uh, um, you know, I, I always I always complained to Elder about this over the last five years when the Indians had their kind of competitive uh, window there for you know where they were in the, in the <laughs> they never invested in an outfielder. The outfielders yeah. we've thrown out there over the past ten years have been garbage. Um, you think in the World Series we had like Brandon Geyer, platoon player. Yeah, Zimmer, yeah. Naquin, platoon players, or guys that didn't make it. And Naquin's actually good now. Um, well, he's good against he's good against he's a platoon split guy, but yeah. um, we never invested in outfield. Brantley was like a DH; he wasn't really playing the outfield because he got hurt so much. Um, and we just had all these punch and Judy outfielders, Rajay Davis. We just had like six of them. We just threw them out there, and we were like, oh, <laughs> "What's going to happen?" So Quan's been the best outfielder to, to hit uh, hit Cleveland in, a, in a quite a while. <laughs> The the irony of like the Madrigal and Quan 
That was like, like you said, Schwabi, that's exactly how I played in high school. I was such a slut. Like, I, I couldn't even hit the ball to the outfielder, but like, I just can't stand him as major league baseball players. It's just like, give me home runs. Give me fly balls. I, I don't want, it's like, the, air. the difference between like high school baseball and major league baseball couldn't be more different. All right, so I'm only going to do three on the rotation. I, I mean, I think that's that's probably a wash for number three. I mean, maybe Kopech, you don't know who you're going to get, right? It, I, I think that if Kopech's on, I'd give the advantage to the White Sox, but consistency-wise, I'd give it to the Guardians. I, I think maybe across the board, right? Like, that's where it's tough because I think all those, it's all solid matchups and it comes to the bullpen where – let's line it up in the bullpen man sony who if if you got to go seven eight nine who's coming out of the pen for the guardians um right now you're probably i, I know who nine is but yeah obviously right now you're giving it to class um eighth inning i think um james has been back uh he's back and he's been pitching pretty well the uh, guy Wild Thing? Kyle wild Wild, that, wild I, Thing's I, back. I, he's settling into the eighth Does he get the goal. haircut still, or did he finally get a normal haircut? Um, he's guy, got a normal man. haircut now, uh, but, you know, 16, 16 Ks per nine, he's doing he's doing the thing pretty well. That's ins- I mean, that um, guy's a blow-up waiting to happen. An I, I, I mean, I, he, he definitely he's is been a guy you love really to have. He's really good of late. He's one of those guys where you love to have him on your team. You probably hate him if he's on the yeah. other team, and he's... Celebrating his strikeouts in your face all the time. Um, he's he's somehow hiding the spider tech in his glove. <laughs> I, I haven't quite figured it out yet, but someone's got to someone's got to figure it out. He's looking forward to the weekend to really uh, really examine how big James goes to his glove so he yeah, can I, find it. I already said you could find me in the he's corner of my house, him. slitting my wrist when Stephen Kwan's blooping in a a a two RBI double down the line. We're talking about bullpen right now, so calm down, Stephen Kwan. Um, Other than those two guys, um, we got Trevor Steven and Sam Hentages, um, who have been our other kind of guys. (laughs) Um, Steven's probably our seventh inning guy at this point in time, if you were going seven, eight, nine, and then um, Hentages, by the way, is a Minnesota Moundsview High School product who's in my area here. Um, Oh, nice. Yeah, he, I mean, those he's, guys are he's our lefty out of the pen pretty much, and he's put together a, a decent year. Um, so both those guys have FIPS under three. Um, so pretty good four, collection of four guys there. We got a good old Brian Shaw is probably our sixth inning era, like, you know. How is that guy's arm still know. on I'm his back? I'm surprised body. they brought him back after he blew game seven. Um, <laughs> oh, shit. But, <laughs> yeah, I forgot he was on the bump. I um, mean, they... The guy's got value. I mean, well, you could call on the guy every He's got some value. Yeah, he's yeah. pitching to a five-year A right now, though, so he's not doing too hot. Yeah. But, um, you know, they turned a, a failed starter, Eli Morgan, into a decent reliever. He had a really good first part of the year, but his ERA is coming back to life here in the back half of the season. But, um, but yeah, we got you know four or five deep in, in terms of guys that I like to trot out there and feel somewhat confident with um, in a leverage situation. So M- Morgan's was lights out. At one point, yeah, he, no, yeah, um, he was he was great the first part of the year when because uh, uh, however you say his name, Karinchek, you know, he wasn't playing; he was on the DL for a while. Um, and yeah. Morgan was kind of taking his spot before the emergence of these other guys. So um, I think all those guys are pretty much homegrown too, which is you know a staple of the the Guardians pitching method. So uh, yeah, I mean, I love our bullpen. So if it's a tie game in the seventh, I pretty, feel pretty comfortable. Yeah, I mean, you would take it all day. Yeah. I mean, this discussion is involving, in my opinion, two of the three best relievers in baseball. Yeah, I mean, the White Sox have a great pen, too, so. Schwabi, how do you line them up? I mean, I think it's Raylo in the seventh. 
It's uh, Graveman in the eighth, and it's Liam in the ninth. Um, you know, Class A is great. I think him and him versus Liam is is pretty pretty much a wash. I think those are two of your two of your best closers in baseball. Um, you know, I think I, I'm, Graveman's been solid, but I don't know if I'd say Graveman's been great. Raylo is. I think Raylo has been really really good, but I also think we're you know Raylo is. Dude, Raylo's numbers are sick. He's got like oh, he's really good. 50 Ks and like 8 walks. No, Ronaldo's been really, really good. So, um, uh, Raylo in the 7th over Kelly, over Bummer. Bummer will be back. I mean, you can't trust Bummer at this point. And then Diekman as your lefty. I mean, they're, they're very, both, both teams have very solid bullpens. Yeah, I mean, I think the bullpens are both very, very strong and definitely a uh, a strength for the team. If you can get either of those teams into the sixth or seventh of the lead, you're gonna you're gonna have a hard time scoring runs. Mansoni, who are you giving the advantage to? Um, I'd probably lean a little bit to the Guardians here. Um, I think Graveman's had a good year. I think you know he's still his his whip is a little high. Um, I like the other guys who went healthy. I think the problem with the with the Guardians is they got to keep their guys healthy. Um, I think they're a little, they're probably a maybe an arm or two deeper in terms of guys that I would trust out there or that you would want to see out there in a playoff game. Um, I would actually say that maybe the Guardians have so many guys that they could probably do an opener if they wanted to and help out one of their maybe third, fourth, or fifth starters and get them in the in the mid game instead of uh, you know facing the top of the order the first time through. But um, yeah, I give the I give the advantage to the Guardians a little bit on the bullpen. Yeah, I think that's fair. I uh, White Sox did an opener one time with Ray Lowe, with Davis Martin up. Yep. I was actually at that game, and we won. I, I liked it. Look at Tony. I, it was quite shocking. Thinking outside the box for Tony. There you go. Well, I mean, Tony. <laughs> Tony was told. Tony was I'm very sure. confused by the whole thing. Won the game. Then Tony, did, Tony, Tony didn't do it again. <laughs> those innings. Tony, after the game, he was like, "Oh, the, you know, it was suggested by the front office. I hadn't heard of anything like that. You know, he, I mean, he was probably a couple of drinks deep too. So." Yeah, and the, and the, Indian, the Indians have only done the opener, I think, two or three times this year, so it's not like they're doing it. I mean, Shaw opened up a couple games for him. Eli Morgan got a start, but that might have been when he was a, he might have started at the beginning of the year. I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I'm kind of split on the on the opener. It's like it's a great idea in theory because you get like a reliever for the top of the order, but I don't. I think there's more to pure numbers where like getting in a rhythm, those types of things. So I, I'm not like the biggest fan of it. I think that's why we. I think it's died a little bit. It, it was like it was pretty big the last couple of years, but I, I don't know. Not something that's stuck around. So uh, okay, so bullpen. You know, I, I, I'm not going to disagree with you, Mansoni. The Guardians got a good pen. I mean, they have arguably the best closer in baseball. That guy's lights out. It just turned the game off in the ninth if the Guardians are winning because that guy has some of the nastiest stuff I've ever seen. Uh, let, let's talk lineups. <laughs> let's get into it a little bit, cause I I don't I don't get how you know the the Guardians. It's like every time I watch them, it's like dying from a thousand paper cuts. I, I can't do it. You know, it's like. Well, you, you know, I'm, I'm here. I'm here to, I'm here to defend defense. the Guardian slander. Um, <laughs> you said it yourself. The White Sox lead the majors in singles. <laughs> yeah, well, it's true. Well, I mean, we'll get to that. I, I have no problem bashing my own team. Right, t- talk to me about the lineup, man, Sony. Um, yeah, well, you know, the lineup has come, I would say, 
I mean, I didn't expect much this year. I certainly didn't expect to be competing for a playoff spot. Um, coming into the year, we had Ramirez. Felt really good about him. And, uh, you know, Reyes was, you know, our fourth hitter, fifth hitter, whatever. And, and we felt pretty good about him. And now he's on the Cubs. Um, the fl- he's hitting bombs for the clubs. Yeah, he hit a bomb for the Cubs. I mean, take it easy. Um, <laughs> he, he, was a, he was a designated hitter. He was striking out 41% of the time. I mean, how yeah. how can you, you stay? He was hitting like 210. Um, Good for it. That's why I like the Guardians, though. They're like, I'm not going to put up with it. It's can't like, he, if he that can't was... even play the field, so like he can't solve their outfield problem. Um, <laughs> can you imagine if that was the White Sox? Like, the whole team would be cut. And you know, nobody, everyone, no one is hit. And yeah, no the one Indians are paying them two mil or something like that. And they're like, hey, you know, we're just going to send you out yeah, a pack in and someone else pick up your contract. Um, <laughs> That's funny. So, um, but yeah, it's been, I mean, I feel now I feel pretty good about five of the five of the, the nine spots in the lineup instead of only feeling good about like two and a half as the season started. Um, Rosario and Andre Jimenez is really kind of stepped into that a role. Um, Quan, is... I count him too. So that gives us five guys when you count Naylor um, as well. The bottom four, though, awful. Um, really look, looking for some answers. They, I, I don't know if they regret signing Miles Straw to that extension. It was it was a cheap one. It was like five for twenty five, but um, he's hitting last and batting, you know, two ten. Um, guy, a guy like Miles Straw, though, he's like an Adam Engel. Those guys have value. Yeah, for sure. Because, I mean, if, you know, if he's fielding well field, and he's doing that stuff, great. I think. But, well, dude, here's a perfect example. I think it was game one against the Tigers. He was, it was like the seventh inning. I think it was tied. He gets a leadoff single or a leadoff walk, and he steals second. The game's over. Because. Yeah, they because he gets the third and they knock him in, and then you get two innings out of your bullpen. I mean, you get to the ninth and Class A comes in, it's over. So yeah. I, I think there's value there with a guy like Miles Straw. So I, yeah, no, for sure. Like, you know, you're not going to get killed on a contract like that. Yeah, right. I mean, it was a, and you know, if this is the bottom and he only goes gets better from here, then then great. Yeah, um, exactly. First base, Naylor's been playing a lot, a lot of first since he kind of shattered his leg playing outfield a year or two ago, and. Is that guy healthy? Is he? I feel like he sits. Um, he had some ankle soreness from. He's been getting that a little bit over the course of the year. He was back in the lineup already, so hopefully it's not a lingering thing. But, um, you know, I hope it's lingering. He, he's this been weekend. he's been surprisingly surprisingly solid for us. You know, OPS just north of eight hundred. Um, I think you know we don't really have a DH, um, which is ironic. Um, we're missing the kind of catcher position has been the worst. I thought we were maybe upgrading a little bit on the trade deadline, hopefully. Um, they were looking at Sean Murphy from the A's, I think. There was some talk about Contreras from the Cubs, and, um, you know, didn't end up transpiring. So we'll, we'll roll out Austin Hedges and his 174 average. Um, I do think the Guardians value the catcher position more for receiving and, and calling a game than they do with yeah. offense, and that's kind of been the case over the last five six years anyway but um would have been nice to see some offensive production coming from the bottom four spots of the order um other guys that we have down there owen owen miller he's 240 297 on base not very he was hot at the start yeah he gets a little hot every now and then i think they got him in that trade with the padres as well or maybe they got him with the mets i forgot was okay um that was a little bit of a fleecing with the mets because like, they they traded Lindor, they got they got Rosario and Jimenez. Yeah, they got him. Yeah, they got uh, they got about I mean, four the, middle infielders. Jimenez has been better than Lindor. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, Lindor's having a better this year. He was bad last year. Lindor's having a great year. Yeah, but I mean, Lindor's also making a zillion dollars. Yeah. We're all right. Yeah. I mean, the Indians are definitely a a bang for your buck kind of team. And, um, yeah. You know, it's unfortunate to see guys like Lindor get shipped off. But, um, you know, they make, I'm at the point where I just, I trust the, I trust the trades. And, yeah. Um, we haven't really lost out on a trade that I can think of. In, you know, we traded Clevenger. Ended up with Tommy John and would have expired on his contract anyway. Um, yep. We traded Kluber, we maybe traded Kluber a year late for Class A, but then right? we still got Class A for him, and he's turned out. and We extended Dude. him, um, so he's Ridiculous. turned out okay. Um, you know, we he traded Bauer at an opportune time, I guess. And uh, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah what, what, dude. This guy's who's the GM? That guy's got dirt on everybody. He knows exactly what's going on. Yeah. So, um, I mean, all that it sucks to see those guys go all the time, but um, you know, it if, you, if you make a trade with the Guardians, chances are you're either a big market club or you're you're getting fleeced and you don't know it yet. My least favorite moment of the off season was when Jose Ramirez signed the extension. Oof. I thought that guy. Oh, I was hoping he was gone. Oh my God! At, I couldn't believe at it. At a discount, the guy's leaving you. money on the table. At What's a discount, he doing? Hometown discount. Are we sure that uh, he's not taking some close to bowl? Or what's the? What did Tatis get busted? We'll, we'll, we'll get to that. Oh. We we got some discussions. We got some. Let's get pickled later. I'm going to get into. But all right, Schwabi. What's your analysis on that? I, I, let's talk White Sox. So, let's do. Let's talk what we do best. Let's talk singles. <laughs> so I mean, like you know, Kevin's going through the list, and I think Jose Ramirez is obviously a better hitter than anyone the Sox have. Um, I think you look at the the individual matchups after that, and I think you can make a pretty strong argument for anyone on the Sox over anyone on the Guardians. But the biggest thing is, you know, when the Guardians start playing the lefty righty matchups, they're playing guys who are productive against it, as opposed to. The Sox who trot Gavin out there just because he's a lefty. Um, and just overall, like, approach at the plate is a huge difference. Like, the Guardians are going to, you know, take pitches. They're going to draw walks. While the Sox are going to try to slap hit their way to to victory. Um, and then, you know, again, like, I think one of the biggest things I've, I I like to point out is, like, you can be a singles hitting team to a certain extent if you walk and if you are fast and aggressive on the base. You got speed. They got speed. And the Sox, you know, again, like that's why you see the Sox, they'll have a game with 15 singles and two runs because they're going station to station. Have you ever seen so many bases loaded from three singles? It's like usually you get the bases loaded because you get a couple walks in there. Now, the White Sox are like, nope, I'm going to hit three singles, I'm going to load the bases, and then I'm going to strand three runners. They're great at it. They've got it down to an art form. Yeah, it's, ah, man, it's, you hit it on the head. It, it's too much, too much station to station, too many singles. Where have the extra base hits? I mean, these guys are, Aloy Jimenez is, the guy came up. He he was a top prospect. He was one. He was literally the best hitter in the minor leagues. And now the guy, it's like he's hitting great. He's doing a good job, but he's he's pitching him out to right field for a single. It's like Aloy. And even when he hits it to the wall, the guy is hurt, so he can't get a double. You know, it's like 
we, we even when we hit even when we Harrison hit one the other day. He he, <laughs> did you see this? Harrison hit one off the wall. It's like oh my god, it was like our sixth hit, and we had five singles. I'm like thank God Harrison gets a double, and he freaking missed first, grounding first, <laughs> ends up with a single. It's just like you know, it's one thing after another. So to, Schwabi, I I. I I was listening to what you were saying, and you didn't even want to talk about the White Sox. You wanted to talk about Tony versus Tito, because we're we're gonna jump into it. So Schwabi, I'm giving you dibs. Tony versus Tito. Let's hear it. What's your thoughts? I mean, that's the X factor. I think. So, I think- like when Kevin was talking about the bullpens, right? And I think the bullpens are, are fairly similar. Um, you know, you can you can give say the Guardians have an edge. I think you can probably make a pretty strong case for the Sox having the edge. Um, but here is here's gonna be why I would lean to the Guardians. I would lean the Guardians in bullpen because of bullpen usage. Tony's awful. He's just awful with his pen. Like they won a game where they threw Jose Ruiz and and Vince Velasquez. So game two. All right, let, let's talk about that because that's what I have circled right now, Schwab. Like oh my god, like we were we're losing it on the on the on our group chat because like you're down two. It was and your pitch. We're down two. It's three to one. I think you're right. No, right? you're right on three to one. We're down two, I think it was and we throw the inning. two worst pitchers in our bullpen. Like as I say all the time, like the I would take Velasquez over Ruiz, only from the standpoint that I think Vince can throw you three easier than Ruiz can throw you three. And I want I want Ruiz or I want Velasquez pitching. We're up eight or down six. So that's how I want pitching. So. Okay, I think it was three to one. We were down two. I, I don't know remember exactly what the score was, but we were down two. Cisco is five, and Verlander is pitching. Right, it was Cis Verlander yep. against the Astros. Sixth inning, Ruiz comes in. Seventh inning, Vince comes in, and we're down two. And we're on a at that point a four game win streak. Here's my thing, Schwab. You know who we brought in in the eighth? Jimmy. We we brought in we Lambo Jim. And Lambo Jim, this guy has been lights out. I mean, we, we should have talked about him in the bullpen discussion. This guy is a dog, dude. This guy has the dog mentality. Him and Sebi, these guys have dog mentalities. Who let the dogs out? Lambo Jim comes in the eighth. And here's my problem with what Tony did. If it's a two run game. You do everything in your power to keep that a two-run game as long as you can. So if you don't want to commit to a Graveman, if you don't want to commit to a Reynaldo Lopez, that's fine. Okay, I get it. Like, at some point, you got you, you to gotta go deep in the pen, right? But here's my thing. If you're looking at six, seven, eight, nine, and you're down two, and you, you have the, the last two guys in your pen are Ruiz and Vince, right? So save those guys for eight and nine if the game's out of... At that at that point, the games, and if you keep it the two runs, and then at that point you got to go to them, you go to them. But you do your best to keep that game as close as possible because any if you keep that game close, anything that happens in the sixth or seventh changes the whole complexion of the game. That's like the whole. And I texted this to you guys. This is like you're managing in the 1990s again. It's like you're down. So you gotta, you gotta bring. If you're down, it doesn't matter if you're down one or two. You bring in your worst two pitchers. But it's like that's the dumbest thing ever because you have four innings to cover. You have four innings to cover. So go with your fourth worst 
your third worst, and then your second and and second worst, and your then your last worst. Right? Keep keep the game close, and then at some point you're gonna get your hand forced. Right? It ended up working out, but I hate that it worked out. It, we go we talk about it all the time. It's like it's like Tony drunk at the blackjack table. Right? It's like all right, you won the hand because you're an idiot, but you gave yourself a worse chance to win. I just hated it so much because. This game today, we lost 21-5. to five. Who did Tony bring in? Ruiz and Ben. And they got, they got absolutely got bombed. Hammered. I mean, got think about it. They brought that. It, literally, that should have happened in game two. And we, if we lose game two, it's like it's over. We're, getting, we're losing the next right. two after that. It's just it's, it's so So what, hap- what happened in that game was so fluky, and it pisses me off. I, I don't know. I mean, that, that's like a prime example, Schwab. I mean, you hit it on the head. Man, Sony, w- w- talk to me about Tito, man. I, I, you know, this guy outmanages Tony every time. It, it's so frustrating as a White Sox fan. Sox should never should have let him go. He was in Birmingham, just should have brought him up. Um, Yeah, I mean, obviously, I love Tito. Um, he's been there for qu- quite some time. Um, So I think the, the good thing about him is I don't, like, I'm not here, like, you you guys second-guessing the pitching decisions because, hey, if, you know, if, if the other team's got lefties coming up or whatever, like, we're throwing our, our left-hander out, out there and – um. That's pretty much how he is. I mean, he's he's shown the ability to kind of go away from the traditional as well. And you think back to like the stretch run where we had Andrew Miller going out, throwing in the play. I mean, I think the playoffs are a different beast too than the regular season. Obviously, um, in yeah. the regular season, you're not gonna, you can't just most managers won't throw relievers three days in a row, regardless of the of the season. Um, um, as, as the stretch run, I think that that changes somewhat, but in the playoffs for sure too. But um, you know, Andrew Miller was, we had him and Cody Allen and they were using him as like our fireman at fifth inning. If that's when the game was on the line at the most like leverage point, um, they were bringing him in and, and that was kind of, you know, I don't know if that he was, kind of created that role. I mean, that's, that's kind of, that, yeah. that was a fun play. That was a fun play. I mean, that's why they went to the world series because, yeah. and this is what I love about Tito. He took his best bullpen guy. And he said, I'm not going to save you for the ninth. Why would I do that? I'm going to save you for the highest leverage situation in the game. Yeah. And and Tony's head would explode if you, if you told Tony like, all right, if we're up one, and it's the seventh inning, two outs, bases juiced, and you told Tony to bring Liam in, his head would literally explode. But that's probably like statistically, that's the best move you could make because that's the best chance for them to score runs, and you need to bring in your best pitcher. Yeah. I'm not saying I would do. I would probably bring in my second best to be to to put out the fire and save Liam for the ninth. Yeah. But to Tony, Tony's like, oh, I got Graveman. He has to pitch the eighth. I have Liam. He has to pitch the ninth. Yeah, I, he like literally. There's no other option. And, and it always it always helps, of course, when you have relievers that can throw more than one more than a single inning. And yeah. like specifically for the for the Indians that 2016 year, they had Cody Allen, who was in the midst of his kind of a career three year. Yeah, run there. he was good. I remember. Um, so even if you used Allen in the or. If you use Andrew Miller in the you know fifth and sixth and part of the seventh, you still had Allen at the back door for the ninth if you needed it. So, um, yeah, but I don't think Tony would have been doing that. All right. So overall, I mean, that's the X factor, right? I mean, why why do you think that there are two games ahead of us right now? It, it's I mean, like I think I think Tito is arguably one of the top managers in baseball, right? Yeah. I mean, I think he's a, he's a stuck. He's at minimum top five guy, and I think currently Tony's a bottom five guy. Yeah, he, he, bottom five. I mean, he's dead last. 
I mean, there's it's easy. Well, I mean, they've there's been like four managers fired this year. They may they may have an argument. <laughs> And I think Tony would, no, I would say, Tony would be fired if it weren't for Jerry. We um, have to have fans tell Tony to pinch her on Adam Engel. So good. Yeah, Did you see that, man? That, that was a good clip. And you know what? I have. I mean, I don't watch every Sox game, but I mean, I do see the highlights. And um, I haven't seen Tony in a while. And when he came out there, man, he looked so frail, so dude, like so old and frail. His post, I was his like, oh my god. I he really, speaks in his post game. It's like, dude, what is coming out of your mouth? You have no idea. I mean, that was one of his best interviews. He had the glasses on, so you couldn't see how like disheveled he looked. <laughs> like he struggled to get the umpire's attention to get time too. He's like, oh, pitch runner, pitch runner. <laughs> when that guy walks out of the dugout, it's some of my favorite moments of White Sox game. Oh my god, Tony right. coming out to talk about anything. I mean, we we could talk about Tony for hours. We're we're gonna go to let's get pickled. I'm oh, gonna, real quick, all real right, quick. What do you got? For you want to know who I want as the next manager of the White Sox? Who? I want AJ? Sandy. Elmore. Sandy, tell me about it, Steph. Wow. Former White Sox, been studying under Tito. I mean, that's that's my He's guy. The bench. bench coach for the Guardians right now. He's been the. He was at one. He's point. been the first base coach for them for quite some time, and I think. Wow. I think um, he was a bench coach originally, and then he was the first base I'm coach. I'm shocked he hasn't gotten a job yet. When, uh, yeah, he may have applied for it when Tito originally got it, I think, and then when Tito's been taking out his health, his health, and he takes some time off every now and then over the last couple of years. Yeah, he he actually might be the. Um, I think he's kind of the incumbent to take that over. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense, Manson. Coaching, waiting, maybe I don't know. Be nice to see him. He's obviously around from the '90s teams, and yeah. Can you believe these Chicago Bears are now pounding the Seahawks? We're watching the preseason game. I mean, this is unreal right now. I mean, it's... when you got a powerhouse like the Chicago Bears, I mean, <laughs> I don't know what else you expect. Uh, hope you laid big money. era though. is over. So we're moving on. Let's get pickled. I'm kicking us off. Here's my let's get pickled, gentlemen. Fernando Tatis Jr. The 80-game <laughs> the suspension. PEDs. I, this this couldn't be a more embarrassing look for Tatis. I, and not not that I'm enjoying a moment here of a White Sox failure trading the guy, but I you know I, I can't help but think that this guy's whole career was built off the fact that he was juicing. I'm of the opinion, and I'll I'm happy happy to say it because his excuses were just so pathetic for what happened. That I I will my opinion of what happened is this guy, he forgot to take his masking agent before the test, and he has been juicing hard this whole time, because this is if you look at his career minor league numbers, he he literally I, I mean we, I'm not gonna accuse Jose Ramirez of this too because this guy hit like six home runs in his minor league career, but Fernando Tatis was the same. This guy had no power, and all of a sudden he's like the face of MLB. I think he forgot to take his masking agent, and now he's busted. And he's blaming it on a green worm that he had to get treated, which makes no sense. It was I mean, a bad haircut, man. He had yeah. a rash from a haircut or something. I mean, dude, how about the players' reaction? What, what do you guys think? The players' reaction? They're, dude, they're calling him out hard. I mean, I think we all know the excuse is, is something that everyone just has to kind of say at this point is, like, give some excuse. I don't think anyone's ever come out and said, yeah, I was juicing. Like, it is what it is. I got caught. I, um, everyone always has this terrible excuses. and Yeah. Um, I, I would have more respect for him if he did. The excuse was so bad, though, because it was like the drug that he said that he took was like, 
first it, it, for ringworm doctors who were commenting on it's like that would never happen yeah. it's impossible um I, I do think sometimes players juice when they rehab to get back quicker um but i mean i'm just going off the top of my head there i mean i, I, I do know that that's a thing um whether or not he was using before then obviously no one knows um but yeah obviously no one buys buys the excuse what do you think schwab let, let, let me push back a little bit on your he didn't hit home runs in the minors is an 18 year old playing in single a and double a ball he had 22 bombs is Full a year not, how many at bats 486 at bats right, 575 plate appearance 131 games he had 22 bombs at 18 uh at 19 playing double a in 88 games over 394 plate appearances he played appearances he had 16 bombs yeah he's probably juicing he's probably freaking pounding the <laughs> close to bowl or whatever it is the same, the same amount guy. that Jane, james shields gave up that year too the white Sox won the trade <laughs> yeah the white Sox were waiting they played the long game tatis got busted for roids and now we can say we won the trade dude okay that's fair he was really good in the minors but he, he came up to the pros and he was better than he ever i mean that's very it, it's like juan soto-esque dude there's like the the Mike Trout, you're talking about like less than 3% of players that get called up and start putting up better numbers than they do in the minors. But I, I, I think that's, I think it's a couple things, right? I think it's A, you have a, an extremely talented player and you also called him up when he was young, right? When you wait until a guy, you know, when you pull a white sock and you wait until a guy's 24 years old to call him up, he's kind of reached who he is. Yeah. When you call a guy up at 20, he is still developing and getting stronger and all these things. I mean, his last full year in the minors and full is, you know, 88 games was at 19 years old. Yeah. Played two games in the minors at 20. Two. I mean, that's fair. I, you know, I, may, I just got a bad taste in my mouth because of that excuse. I think it's just so lame. Oh, the excuse is bad. Um, but it's also what every major league baseball player has ever done. I mean, Ortiz yeah, came out uh, and yeah, said, well, like, Ort- they should have, like, just masked it. So, you know, because you don't want to do that to your, you know, your quote-unquote face of baseball. I, well, I I don't get the whole Ortiz thing. Like, it, why isn't Barry Bonds in the Hall of Fame? Well, but Ortiz says that because that's how Ortiz is in the Hall of Fame. What, so what did Ortiz say? I think he said something to the effect that the baseball should have essentially, like, hit it or buried it or, yeah. like, not suspended Tatis because of who he is. Of because of his importance to baseball. No, but I'm saying, he, why is Ortiz in the Hall of Fame and not Barry Bonds? Because Ortiz was likable. But the, 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 you can't just decide who's likable and put him in the Hall no, of no, Fame. No, they no. both did steroids. Right. And Barry Bonds was much better than Ortiz. So it's like, right. This, but, it but, doesn't make any sense. But that's the thing. No one, Barry Bonds wasn't talking to people. Barry Bonds was, isn't, isn't, you know, he's, Barry Bonds is loved in San Francisco and nowhere else. David Ortiz. I love Barry, but I I spend I'll once a week I spend like twenty minutes on Barry Bonds' baseball reference. Have you seen those? It's yeah, like you literally couldn't do that. Oh, his video. numbers are so even before <laughs> even before he was he was getting popped for steroids. He had great numbers. Yeah, well, like, that's that's the thing is like that are arguably that guy before steroids had already put together a Hall of Fame or very close to Hall of Fame career. Um, for Ortiz, I think, you know, obviously being in Boston certainly helps and having that East Coast bias. And, um, you know, he was part of some more World Series teams there, obviously, too. And um, yeah. I think some rallying cries around, like, you know, some of those unfortunate events that happened in Boston with the 
the marathon bombing. And yeah, I think that's. Well, I think that's, that's, that's the key. He was. I mean, he was. But, a, I mean, he was a on the field too. He was. I mean, he put the numbers up. He was pretty good. So I mean, I, yeah. But I mean, yeah. If you want to hold steroid users accountable across the board, then I don't know why he's in and other people aren't. It's just inconsistent. Oh, for sure, for sure. I mean, it is, and that's. You know, I I think that's been a, that's been talked for, for a long time now. Is that you know the steroid era? I I would put those guys in the hall. Yeah. Um, and if you want to, yeah, you know, I, I would do that too. Put an asterisk there, or, you know, acknowledge this is the quote unquote steroid era. I mean, do yeah, it, but do it. you can't tell the story of baseball without Barry Bonds, without yeah. Roger Clemens, without. Manny Ramirez, you know, with all with all of yeah. those guys. I I hate to be a hater on Tatis. The, the excuse just kills me. It's like just come out and say it, and I'll respect you more. I, I mean, frankly, I wouldn't mind if the White Sox players started taking little steroids, and if they got caught, they said I, I was hitting too many singles. Frank <laughs> Menachino got his hands on me, and I'm like, you know what? I respect the shit out of you because I'm tired of seeing singles too. So, Lurie. Yeah, you, you know, that, Lurie needs to hit the weights a little bit. I've seen way too many warning. Tra- I mean, do we lead the league in warning? We got to get Jay Kuda to I, check warning track fly balls. I, I doubt it. I feel like there's got to be some team that, you know, hits <sighs> home runs that has a few that drop in the warning track. All right. So I, I was hating a little bit on Tatis, but dude, just, just man up. You were taking steroids. You took them. You're back. No one gives a shit. And you move on with life. Don't, don't give me the lame stuff. We're, so we're, we we got to wrap up here. We're, we're going too long. We're, we're, we're going to go into the weekly preview. We're going to do, here's what we're doing. Predictions for the series. We got Mansoni, Guardians Die Hard. Weekend series. What do you predict for this weekend, Mansone? Well, let's go with the matchups first. Oh, okay, yeah. Schwabi, I'll pass it to you. Give me the matchups, and then I'll pass it to, we'll go around the horn. So Friday, we got Lance Lynn versus Tristan McKenzie. Saturday, it is... Johnny Cueto for Shane Bieber. And Sunday, we finish it off with Dylan Cease versus Aaron Savali. That game will be brought to you by Peacock. Oh, Benetti. Benetti gets to do a Sunday game for once. But he's got to be neutral. It's Jason. He's always Jason. All right, man, Sony, what do you got? Um, I'm going to, you know, I don't think either team's going to get a sweep here this weekend. Um, so I'm thinking a two-to-one Guardians series win um, here at home in Cleveland. Which games? Um, I will take the first two. Uh, that's Cease has pitched pretty well against against Cleveland this year, and um, Savali is probably our, our worst starter of the weekend. Um, so we'll see if the White Sox bats can get on track here after these last two games, and if they can clear their heads from today's beatdown. <laughs> um, but yeah, I would say I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go two one. Uh, two one for the Guardians this weekend. Schwabi, give me uh two one for the for the White Sox. I'll take the last two. <laughs> oh, uh, I don't I don't like the McKenzie matchup tomorrow. Um, and while I don't love the Bieber, Bieber matchup, I'll uh I'll take my chances with Big Game Johnny. Uh, <laughs> first first big game big game guy we got. You know, Big Wait Game it. James didn't do my didn't do it much for me, but uh, Big Game Johnny I'll take and then. And then Dylan's been uh Dylan's been great all year and he's been especially great on Sundays it seems so Yeah. Uh Schwabi, I'm with you 100%. I think tomorrow's going to be a tough one for the White Sox cuz Lynn Lynn's been a lot better lately but it's like he's the the Babbitt 
BABIP gods are against them this year. The last time he pitched in Cleveland, they I think it was a lot of a lot of little uh bloops, dink and dunks, and next thing you know it was six nothing. So I don't know. I don't know how tomorrow's gonna go. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. I'm hoping Luis is back, eh? Uh, that's another then, thing we didn't talk about. And my next hope would be that Yasmani does not DH at any point in time. Or you can't, the you cannot, going back to Tony, dude, you can't DH your, your backup catcher. You can't do it. You're, you're handcuffing yourself. It's and my, like. And my third, my third request is that we don't ever have a game. And this was, this is largely in the whole Yasmani, reasons why Yasmani can't DH. I hope we don't have any games where we've got Eloy and Vaughn in the outfield because. As we saw the last, I think it was the last time we played the Guardians, <laughs> they saw Eloy and Vaughn out there, and every ball was a oh double. Oh, my. That was when Vaughn was in a great. Or no, it was Sheets. It was Sheets in a great, and I said Sheets cannot play another game of right field. It was every ball was a double was, because they just kept running, knowing dude, that they were gonna, that Eloy was going to jack everything. I I said this last week, but this is a weekend where you gotta you got to hide all sharp objects in the house because the, the, the Guardians are going to be running wild, man. We'll see. I, I don't know. I was... I was feeling great on Tuesday. <laughs> right? Real positive on Tuesday. Okay, I, yesterday, not so great today. I, I don't know what happened it's today. It's a Thursday. It's a bad day for the White Sox, as we've seen all too much this year. They, You know, this is uh, Trials and Tribulations Thursday podcast for the White Sox. You know, I, I do think regardless of the weekend here, I think we're we're lining up here for a pretty tight race from, from here on out. Um was looking at your guys' schedule here at the end of September, and you guys got you got the Twins, I think, for a three or four game set. The Padres, and then the Twins again for another three game, four game set to close out the year. So, um, might be a very interesting September. Yeah, I think this one's gonna. I think this one's gonna be tight all year. I, you know, I think, you know, like Kev was saying, he didn't expect the the Guardians to be in it, but I don't think anyone in this division really wants to win it. I think. I think I think there's a good chance that you're gonna see somebody, you know, lose two out of three at the end of the year and still get in because of yeah, because the other because someone got swept or something yeah. crazy. Yeah. Well, don't don't roll out the wild card either. I mean, either you know, both of these teams can get in in the playoffs. There's very tight race. The AL East has been falling apart a little bit. The Yankees have been struggling hard, which is actually hurting both the Guardians and the White Sox. Right. Which is. Yeah, yeah if, if the Rays, Orioles, and, and Jays can beat up on each other a little bit, you know, maybe these central teams can, can creep up a little bit. Minnesota, Minnesota's a game and a half out of the last spot, um, and you still get the three-game yeah. series regardless. So, so huge weekend. I mean, this is what it's going to come down to. We've talked about it. It's going to be head-to-head. So, Sox go to Cleveland. Then we go to one. We have one game in Kansas City on Monday, and then three in Baltimore. So. We got to take that one in Kansas City. I mean, that's not debatable. And then who do we got? Who do we got next week lined up? Or is it too too early to call? Kopech versus Lynch for Kansas Monday, City on that's Monday. That's Monday. Okay. Tuesday is Giolito versus Austin Voth. Voth? I don't know. Weird last name. Voth. Uh, there you go. Manson probably knows him. Wednesday, we got Lance Lynn versus Spencer Watkins on FS1. <laughs> Schwabby with the channels. And uh, Thursday, you got Baltimore at Baltimore too. Baltimore's tough at home. Yeah, they're they're playing good. 
Well, and we got Johnny Quaid over Jordan Lyles on Thursday. The nice part about Baltimore at home is Baltimore, you know, pushed the fence back. Yeah. So they can't hit home runs. <laughs> so the Sox inability to hit the ball in the park is, is neutralized. Sox. But so they're not I fast think, either. <laughs> I think you got to win three out of four. You got to win three out of four. I don't know. We'll see. So last week we were three and a half out. Now we're two and a half out with a Houston four-game set out of the way. I'll take it. Man, Sony, thanks for joining the pod, man. It was a blast. You did a great job. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Hopefully uh, next Sox-Guardians matchup in September will still be tight and uh, we can reconnect. Yeah, I like it. Schwabi, thanks for joining. All right, we'll catch you next week. See ya.